Welcome to episode 209 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and my returning guest this week is uh, Andrew Orr. He's glad you're back on the show. How you doing, Andrew? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Good to be here. Yeah, glad you are here. And you, we had uh, lots of lots of good uh, articles you have out there this week, these last few weeks. So we're going to be uh, hitting you hitting you up for some of that great great content you provided on Inside uh, Apple Insiders. So looking forward Sounds to that. Uh, Jeff Gammon is here. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right, and it's great to see you and, and everyone else. Andrew, thank you for doing the hard work and um, and writing all the stuff, so we <laughs> yeah. don't have to do any research. Yeah, <laughs> no. Nah, but- we 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 uh, always gonna get some good info from you. Uh, and last but not least, Warren Sklar is here. How you doing, Warren? I'm back. Uh, believe it or not, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Well, oh, good. Good. Glad you're here as well. So uh, yes, so we got uh, a fair amount of news this week. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Beta iOS 15 to 16 has got lots of stuff that got released. Beta two and. Um, as I mentioned, got some great topics uh, that uh, we'll be hitting on that uh, Andrew did write some great articles about. Couple, even got a couple apps this week, so let's uh, just dive right into some of the news that we have for this week. First story, Nintendo to end Switch Online app support for older iPhones and iPads. Well, Nintendo Switch orders, no, no, no t- Nintendo Switch owners will soon have to make sure that they're running the latest version of iOS on their iPhones and iPads, at least if they want to continue to have access to the Nintendo Switch Online app. Uh, they, the, they will no longer support the older iPhone and iPad models in its app. Uh, so this was reported uh, that about the summer of 2022, which is around here, is going to be uh, here soon. So anything older that then uh, probably like a seven older than the seven actually uh, on the iPhone and probably the uh, older models of the iPad are not going to be uh, be able to play games in Nintendo Switch. Uh, Warren, you play any Nintendo Switch games at all? Um, I do not, and I didn't even know that they had an app. So <laughs> there you go. D- does not affect yeah. me the least. <laughs> I don't. Least. I don't think any of us here are gamers, but uh, uh, Jeff, I, I I don't know if you uh, have a. Uh, dabbled in Nintendo Switch at all? Uh, I'm still rocking an original Wii. Okay, um, I have one. I have one in a storage bin. I haven't touched in years. <laughs> oh no, kidding! Yeah. Well, uh, uh, if if I ever need parts, I know who to call. I know who to call. That's I've been tempted to sell it for the last few years too. Um. So, uh, uh, and Andrew, do you have you are you a gamer? Do you do you play Nintendo? Uh, so I do have a Nintendo Switch, and oh, you have a Switch. Um, okay. I do. So I'm I'm I I read this news about their their Switch Online, you know, not being able to support older devices. I'm not surprised. Um, it's it's just this weird system that Nintendo has going on. So mm-hmm. the only reason I ever downloaded the app on and my friends have as well is to try to use voice chat nintendo Mm. doesn't really have this built-in uh feature for that and so you have to use this app uh like none of us could even really figure this out but apparently you need the the switch online app in order to voice chat and it may only be in certain games on top of that all so Yeah. yeah Well, they have different oh. types of games, right? Because like the Xbox, all my son does is chat, like he screams. Yeah. I wouldn't call it chat. I just hear screaming <laughs> from the basement. So he's yelling yeah. at somebody, but he does have a Switch. And I don't think they're very, they're as multi-co-op as some of the others, as far as I know. But that might have yeah, changed. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always felt that what Nintendo was doing with all of this was a, uh, a half-hearted experiment because Nintendo is always about buy our hardware, buy our hardware, buy our hardware. Right. Uh, but, you know, you look at, at what Warren brought up, uh, Xbox, mm-hmm. and uh, look what Microsoft is doing there with uh, cooperative gaming and gaming across multiple platforms. And... Uh, and I think that Nintendo was dabbling in that space with with all of this and uh, and have done what I expected them to do eventually, which was mm-hmm. just you know, like start dropping support for different uh, parts of this. And th- yeah, this is just part of that whole thing. Yeah. The bigger story to me mm-hmm. is 
they even trade this at all. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good point. But this is t- pretty typical of a lot of uh, game developers, any app developers for that ma- for that matter, that uh, they put it at the end of the road when you're running. If you're working on a device that's running iOS 12 or iOS 13, you know, it's a little long in the tooth. So, so just time to move on. Uh, next story here: This uh, Volkswagen CEO questions Apple Car future as Polestar ships OTA CarPlay and promises next gen adoption. Uh, Apple's car ambitions range from replacing your infotainment system with the I- with with the iPhone to someday selling its own self-driving electric vehicles, but not every auto exec is convinced that Apple's going to ever come across the finish line to shipping its own car. However, meanwhile, uh, the, the most more automakers are continuing to, to adopt Apple's CarPlay even as the company teases its next grand vision. Uh, what we saw at WWDC with this 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 uh, taking over your car software. Uh, the Volkswagen CEO Herbert Diaz said uh, that uh, it would be a big effort and has is is skeptical about it. You know, of course, it's called Apple's Project Titan, um, and uh, I think this is going to be something interesting because that dash was pretty amazing, and I would probably have no complaints driving a car having that pretty awesome dash. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, so the next. Uh this new version of CarPlay is going to be yeah. huge. huge. Apple huge. says it's not going to arrive until next year sometime. Right. And uh, I wrote an article about this, trying to explore this. Um, I did find an article <laughs> from The Verge because they um, reached out to some of these car manufacturers, including Volkswagen. And I don't remember what Volkswagen said off the top of my head, but there were a couple of them that were, they, they did, you know, the usual non-committal, we can't comment on the sign, but some of them sounded to me like a little bit more optimistic about CarPlay. So I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I have high hopes. Yeah, I, I, I just put I did have that in our later discussion. I might, we might as well just talk about it now since I brought this other article up. Um, but uh, yeah, you did wrote a great article, talk, great article talking about the history of the Apple Car, quote unquote. Um, but I really think this is just going to be a pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing thing to have. I really, it's like you're immersed <laughs> in in your dashboard. That's really what it is. Whether yeah. it's good or bad is the question, right? Yeah. from a safety perspective and you know trying to have less distractions and you know not more obviously but no, it's think- i mean i mean the the thinking in, in polestar is going to be an electric car when it's out it's not well, out yet but yeah I, and you know they're they're showing off their things and obviously it's nice for a car company that doesn't exist yet to you know plan on things easier than cars that are out already because you have to redo things rather than create what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the question is, you know, how much, how autonomous these cars going to be when you get that kind of infotainment system? Cause it does, yeah. you know, it, I think a lot of people are not like us who aren't geeky and gadgety are looking sure. at that thing. Like, you know, like, would you put your parents behind something like that? Yeah. And I'm not sure, right? Jeff, Jeff you must have thoughts. <laughs> well, I, have thoughts. I, I don't know why you'd assume that. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I speculated a long time ago uh, as a what if. Uh, you know, what if Apple was developing all, all this whole Project Titan thing as the software for the car and uh, as opposed to actually making the car? And then we see this whole uh, new CarPlay thing shown off at at WWDC, and uh, and I'm like, well, I mean, that could be some validation for the what if I tossed out, and people were like, no, 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 Apple would never do that. Um, so here's how I'm looking at this now: Apple is doing one of two things with Project Titan. They are currently using other car makers as if they were the rocker. And uh, for people that are old enough, before we got the iPod, Apple uh, partnered with, um, was it Ericsson 
or Motorola to make the rocker phone, which had software on it that would let you uh, store uh, iTunes, you know, stuff from your personal iTunes library on the phone. And, uh, and what Apple learned from that was, okay, there, we can, we can do something that will work. And, uh, and we were able to uh, do this at Motorola's expense. Go us. Well, can I so, just stop you for a second on that? Because Apple doesn't, if you think about what a car is and what Apple is doing on a car, they're, the, the Apple CarPlay that they showed off is basically their thing at that point. Everything else is moving tires and, and you know, we could debate the battery situation, right? Because this is all going to be for the future. If they make their, if Apple makes a car, it's not going to run on gas. I promise you that. No. So, um, right. So, so Apple, Apple looks at a car. You look at a car. You look at an electric car. You say, how much of this could Apple contribute to this thing I'm looking at? And you can look at the infotainment system, right? Because that's totally CarPlay. You might look at the battery technology because they know a lot about that. But when you start getting into everything else, what is what is Apple's involvement with that as far as interior goes, as far as wheels go, and as far as, you know, you know, parts of a car. Whereas a rocker, that was their I mean, that's pretty much the, the, they had that technology coming already. They did we're developing it as far as the phone, as far as, you know, the battery, the glass, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yes. All right. So um, yeah. So Motorola made the hardware, right? Apple made software for the hardware. And uh, yeah, so that's how I'm looking at what Apple might be doing now. They're making, they let all the other, car makers make all the hardware and they're just making the software for it. Right. Um, and, uh, but the, and if they decide that, or no, if their plan is the rocker plan, then what, what they're doing is letting the car makers foot the bill to see how well this works. And if it works well, then all the behind the scenes hardware stuff they have been doing suddenly becomes a car. And uh, um, or the other thing is Apple could be doing with CarPlay exactly what they're already doing, which is just making the software that other uh, hardware makers, in this case, car makers can use to do their thing. And then they Mm -hmm. don't need to be involved in, well, exactly how, you know, how do you design the wheels and the steering system? They're just tying into all the data that the onboard computers are making and then giving you pretty uh, displays. Yep. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next story here. Uh, Apple has uh, released an iWork update that brings new features to Pages, Numbers, and Keynote with version 12.1. After two months, iWork Suite is being updated to from 12. So it's just an incremental upgrade, 12.0 to 12.1. Uh, which is on the Mac as well as iPhone and iPad, and uh, and you could take advantage of some some new features and functions that the iPhone and iPad can handle. Um, the uh, with the version twelve, it brought modern automiza- autom- automation uh, to the Mac apps with shortcuts. Now they're improving with uh, all three of them in Keynote. They're adding a subtle movement and visual interest to, to your presentation with dynamic backgrounds that move continuously as you transition from slide to slide. And I won't go through all the stuff that uh, updates here, but uh, Pages also added some updates, including using Mail Merge to quickly create personal letters. Uh, that That's a big thing that I, ha- I really didn't have that before. And Numbers, eh, you don't really talk about much other than you might have some improvements here. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? I mean, I think this this suite has always been awesome, and you know, who needs Office, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I really like Apple's iWork suite, mm-hmm. and I love seeing all these new features coming in, especially when we get feature parity, which is what Apple was promising when they initially took features away. Right. Um, and um, um, I love that they've added in all the collaboration stuff. And you say, you know, who 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 needs Office? And the answer is, well, 
Actually, you do. I, I, I just kind uh, of threw yeah. that out there. Excel, yeah. you, it, it's hard to beat Excel when it comes to spreadsheets, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And if you want to have like real collaboration, yeah. uh, I mean, you have collaboration in iWork Suite. But if you want right. real collaboration, you have yeah. to go to Office and yeah. and and not uh, uh, the Google Office Suite. Yeah. You have to go to actual Office. Right. But still, I mean, these apps are great, and I love that we have something that we can we can use that works basically the same on our Macs, iPhones, and iPads. And uh, and I don't care how many improvements we see in um, uh, PowerPoint; it is still not Keynote. It's not Keynote. What do you think, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, Excel wins over numbers. Uh, Keynote wins over uh, Microsoft PowerPoint. But I am glad to see iWork Suite because, like Jeff, I do like it too. And it's, it's always good to see new improvements for that. Yep. Do, you, do you use the suite at all, Warren? Uh, iWork? We use Office. Um yeah. You know, we use Office. Well, not. I mean, personally, do you use it? Uh, I can't legitimately tell you that the last time I used any any type of Office product for personal use in you know in a while. I do my resume when I was looking for a job, and that's it, probably for the last four years. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> okay. I don't. I'm not in there a lot. Um, you know, the only thing I could tell you is, um, for whatever reason. Since the dawn of time, iWork doesn't seem to update through the Mac App Store ever, uh, or it doesn't show you that it has updates. The only way I ever see I have the updates is either a news story or a setup. Um, clean my Mac, the updater finds it. It's kind of just a PSA. If you don't have the update, you actually have to search for Keynote yeah, or right. one of them. Yeah, it's kind of hit store. and miss when it works. It's a, it's the it's hit and miss. The yeah. update icon never shows. So if you go back into the actual app, and then it will say update. Yeah, I, I think all the even I I even iMovie, uh, well, Final, uh, Final Cut. Eh, sometimes that shows up. Very rarely do I see anything in the Mac App Store under the update badge. For uh, Apple, iOS apps, works yeah. all the time, but yeah, yeah. But all right, uh, these next two stories are actually some. Uh, some good news using iPhones and Apple Watches. Um, the first story here, this was an Apple Insider, actually. Um, man recovers iPhone lost at the bottom of a river for 10 months. Uh, was a man UK- at the bottom for 10 months? Or the no, watch? the iPhone was oh, the there. watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the iPhone. Uh, UK man was, was reunited okay. with his iPhone after 10 months at the bottom of a river, and it was still working when, it, when he got it back. Uh, Owani Davies dropped the iPhone into the River Wye in near uh, Cinderford, Gloucestershire, in August of 2021. And at that time, he was canoeing during a bachelor party. Hmm. <laughs> uh, the uh, story doesn't end there. No, later it doesn't end there, though. In earlier June, uh, uh, someone had actually found the device while, they, while he was canoeing in the river. He took it home, dried it out. And post images online the attempt to track its owner because the, the photos did show up, uh, and, the, and the owner just couldn't believe it that, that 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 they found the device and it was working and it still works to this day. So and we know iPhones can withstand. It's an IP68 water resistant device and is able to with, withstand up to 1.5 meters of fresh water for up to 30 minutes. This is kind of a bit more of extreme, or uh, or ten months, yeah. you know, or give ten or take. months, give or take ten months. Yeah, what do you think, Jeff? This is this is a. I thought this was an interesting story. Uh, you know, I I think it's a pretty cool story, and I and I love these stories about yeah. you know, like my uh, I was stupid trying to take photos in a in a from a small airplane, and my phone yeah. flew out the window. Yeah, and my twelve hundred dollar uh, iPhone. <laughs> But we went and found it in a field, and yeah. uh, and it still yeah. works. Or my phone was uh, submerged in a river for ten months, and someone found it, and it still works. Yeah. Um, um, so I love the stories. Yeah, exactly. What I should have done before we started recording was uh, look to see how many Android phone stories there are that are the same. Yeah, um, I, would, I would venture. And none. off the top of my head, I don't know of any. People, um, people throw their Android phones in rivers and off planes on purpose. That's <laughs> oh right, right, <laughs> That's right. They don't try to yeah. get them back. Yeah. yeah, it's like, 
oh no, my phone fell out of the boat. I've got to go get an iPhone now. Oh. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, but the, the uh, you know, my, my point, did I have a point? I did have a point. Um, is, is this a remarkable story because it, it's an iPhone and you just can't find any other phone that survives like this. Or is it a remarkable story because there was a smartphone that, that survived 10 months submerged in a river. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Either way. I mean, holy crap, this is cool. Don't you like this, these kind of stories, Warren? Yeah. I mean, part of me says people need to be more, careful with their stuff don't be don't be um, canoeing with your iphone <laughs> i mean like of all the you know how long i have the four of us had you know phones and how many of us like dropped it in a river or often we don't Never. You know, be more careful um but you know well, I, to I be guess, fair how much time do we spend outdoors in canoes kayaks and uh, and smaller <laughs> planes I this don't. is true too. Yes, we. Yes, we're not the the, the right demographic. We're not the demographic. I won't even swim with my Apple Watch. <laughs> I will swim with my Apple Watch. That's one thing I'll do. Um, I've got my phone kind of wet. I've dropped. You know, I've gotten it wet to the point where I got worried and it was fine. Um, the the watch I'll get wet on. I won't worry about the iPhone. I don't like to test these theories out. It no. still scares me. Just like the, um, but, just like going on YouTube and it will it blend? Well, that will definitely blend. Oh. But I mean, I'm assuming if this guy's phone, you know, lasted ten months in the bottom of, of a lake, I'm, I'm, I mean, his phone's no special than anybody else's. I'm assuming all of our phones will do the same thing if we left it in yeah. a lake for ten months. Oh no, it's not, nothing special. Yeah, exactly. Don't you like these stories, Andrew? I, I, I always like these kind of stories. You know, I think it's really cool for uh, kind of the reasons that you mentioned earlier. You know, in in when they're testing these phones in laboratory conditions, perfect conditions, right? right? They say, you know, IP68 rating, it can last underwater for maybe 30 meters, 90 meters, somewhere around that. But but then we're always surprised by stories like this where, oh wait, it, it actually lasted far longer than I thought it would. And what Apple said it would, where it's, you know, 10 months later and it still works perfectly. So I think that just gives us a kind of like cool relationship with this technology. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go on the other side of things, something that helps you uh, calling for help. Uh, A swimmer, uh, this next story, a swimmer was stuck in the frigid Columbia River and uses the Apple Watch to call for help. Um, a woman was, who became stuck while swimming in the frigid Columbia River used her Apple Watch to call emergency services, which quickly came to her rescue. The woman was swimming in the Columbia River, which is absolutely beautiful, I know. But it's a beautiful place. I probably would have loved being there. Uh, it's in June, it was uh, around June 15th, of, as we record this, uh, in uh, Dallas, Oregon, and where her foot got caught under rocks at the river's bottom. That's according to a report. And... Um, because of the, the continual rains in the area, the police said that the river was extremely high. So the, uh, uh, the water temperature was also about 56 degrees. Woo, that is cold. So, uh, again, frigid. that was frigid. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really cold. 56 yeah. degrees. Very cold. That's fracking cold. It's cold, <laughs> yeah. but so, might be a little bit colder than that, but yeah. Okay. Tell you what, Warren. Yeah, Strip down your skivvies and hop in that water. You tell me how like, frigid it is. And <laughs> it's like it's like here in Lake Michigan. You go swimming here now, and it's been 90, 90 plus degrees here. Go, people are going in. Oh, it's sixty degrees. It's less than sixty degrees. Like oh, yep. yeah, <laughs> it might be. It might be really hot and humid, but uh, you're going to freeze quick and going to that. Um, what do you, What do you think, Andrew? I think I can. The Apple Watch. I, I read so many of these stories. I love hearing them, and it, just, it gives even more reason. I'm so thrilled. I am. I have an Apple Watch. Really. Yeah, it's so cool. Like the iPhone story, you know, these devices may be more waterproof than I than we think. And um, I've actually started wearing my Apple Watch more lately because I, I bought the Series 7 and I used it for a few months and then I kind of dropped off and put it in a drawer. <laughs> lately, for the past month or so, I've been wearing it again and I do really like it. I'm glad I have this. Wear it every day. The one thing I'm okay, one. You know, we were talking we were talking about the phone, you know, underwater, but the watch still 
you know, I wear in a pool, but it's still not a great experience. I don't think in the water for two reasons. It's when you put it in water mode, which you're supposed to do when you go in the, in the water, it kind of kills the, um, the screen. And I do that because uh, they, they lock the screen. So you don't, the, I guess the water's a conductor. And if the water goes on, right, the, the water oh. goes on the screen, it, it, it doesn't register correctly, but it's still a pain in the butt. Cause when you're in the pool and you want to use it as a watch and, you know, you want to control music, things like that is a pain in the butt. And this happens a lot. Um, so, I mean, and, and also the fact that you have to like plow water out of it, you know, <laughs> every time you swim, seems like a like almost like a throwback concept at this point where apple could probably figure out a way to not have to do that either so mm-hmm. i'm i'm hoping maybe you know the the next gen watches will be more waterproof and functional going forward in the water like this yep. i mean if this woman put her watch in uh the uh the the wet mood um and she was stuck under a rock. You might, she might have had to like actually, you know, uh, turn the crown enough to unlock it, then go into the screen and do whatever she needed to do. Or I don't know if it called nine. No, I don't it know how it actually cut it. So it she did. might have held down a button for SOS or whatever like that. But, right. um, but yeah, it's 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 good, but it needs to it needs a little bit more work in the water, I think, uh, to be to be more fun. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I I think this is awesome and more sure Apple can always work to improve the the features and the way they work in different conditions. So, uh, 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 I hope they do. Um, I, I, I love these stories about how, uh, technology like this is saving people's lives and, uh, it, um, so th- this is no secret. It's a story that uh, that's come up in conversations before. I mean, my Apple Watch uh, was instrumental in uh, in helping figure out that I was having uh, an allergy reaction at one point when oh. I had uh, unintentionally eaten dairy, ah, and uh, and so um, you know the the condensed version is. I became very delirious and was not aware that I was having a problem. But uh, through the data that that my watch had, and uh, and being on the phone with someone who knew how I should be reacting to just the world in general, could tell something wrong, was able to put the pieces together and uh, mm-hmm. and figure out that uh, I I was having a very severe allergic reaction and was able to address that. And uh, and here we are. And I think we've all sold everybody on Apple Watches. If you haven't already bought one, I would hope most who listen to this show have Apple Watches. So mm-hmm. we have somebody um, in the Mac Tech Feature Group who actually got an email from Tim. He did, the watch saved him from uh, it was a stroke or heart or something. I I, I, I could find it later, but um, yeah, we, I mean, so there's personal stories of people actually saying it yep. saved their life. All right, uh, last story of this week. Uh, this is under the category of Chuck Joyner. We're talking about frivolous lawsuits. <laughs> uh, uh, T-Mobile is being sued by ATT and Verizon customers for increasing pr- increased prices. In a surprise turn of events, it looks like group, a group of AT&T and Verizon customers have decided to sue T-Mobile. The, the, I can't stop laughing. The group, the group believes that this continued increase of prices was brought about by their carrier's as an impact by T-Mobile's Sprint acquisition in 2020. Uh, this was reported as, as this group is being seeing a declaratory relief as well as financial compensation brought by the precipitous decline in competition. Huh? The, uh, and of course, it actually had to be in Illinois, my home state. The class was, uh, it's, it, it aims to be Florida. Yeah, Florida. Pick. It aims to represent that all persons in, t- in titles who paid for Verizon or AT&T mobile wireless plan on or after April 1st, 2020. Not sure what's going to happen with this lawsuit, but I think this is absolutely crazy. Don't you think, Jeff? <laughs> I can tell you it's going to happen with this lawsuit. It's going to get dismissed. dismissed. <laughs> um, okay. So this to me, and I haven't done a lot of research, so keep that in mind. This to me sounds like uh, like just another 
uh, uh, law firm that went out hunting for people to be plaintiffs in a, a case they cooked up. Classic. And I mean, I mean, this, it, it, it does not make sense to me. It's if, if you're upset about the pricing, you don't sue other companies because you don't like what your uh, service providers charging you. You right. leave and go to a different company that charges you better. Exactly. And then that first company, as they see they're losing customers overpricing, now has to be more competitive, you know, assuming the system works the way it's supposed to. Um, yeah, this to me, this is an absolute ridiculous, frivolous case. Absolutely. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, it's it's so confusing. <laughs> I can think exactly. I don't like what AT and T is charging me, so I'm going to sue T Mobile. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. Crazy stuff. And and Warren, I know you like this too. Yeah, I I, I don't as I, I I don't get it either. I guess I guess we could start talking about you know what is considered a monopoly at this point, right? So like it, you know, right if. If it, you know, if if T-Mobile becomes considered a monopoly because they, for whatever reason, then maybe I don't know. But um, I like T-Mobile, and uh, I do. I do as well. We talked about it uh, uh, last week. They uh, announced like five G internet overseas, which is awesome, and uh, and free uh, Wi Fi on some more planes. So you know, just every every they, couple they keep, weeks we get a nice they keep little adding new stuff. Yep. Yeah, I like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the topics for this week. Uh, beta, uh, iOS 15.5 beta 3 is still out there, and it's still being beta tested for some reason. I'm surprised that Apple hasn't released that yet to, to the people who are not brave enough to go on to iOS 16, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, so not much else to say about that other than I would assume that Apple's going to release this at some point within the next week or two. It's been, uh, I think it's been a week since beta 3 came out, so... Maybe next week. Who knows? But iOS 16 uh, had a big update this week. Uh, uh, beta 2 was released about a day, uh, yesterday as we record this. And a um, lot of great stuff that's been added to it. Um, Warren, Mr. Beta Tester yourself, uh, what do you see that you or have you liked anything in, in iOS 16 yet on the iPhone? It's a lot better, actually. Um, it's yeah. a lot better than, than last week or two weeks ago. Um, snappier, quicker things. Uh, you're starting to get an idea of what they're trying to do with the um, springboard motion. Is a lot. You, you could actually start seeing some of the uh, transition effects that they're doing. That's new, uh, which is really kind of cool. Uh, nothing crashes. I had uh, Teams uh, not working for uh, the two weeks, which kind of sucked for work because um, I needed it. Uh, it works as of yesterday uh, with the new uh, update, so that's good. Um, yeah, I played with a couple of the. I mean, the the the, the new features is not something you really play with that much, but the uh, yeah. new wallpaper I saw. Um, yeah, the wallpaper and, customization yeah. and the lock screen photo wallpaper. Yeah, a little bit more with that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know. We play this game every year. I'm going to be so happy. And then I'm like, ah, oh, it's getting great. It's getting great. And then the beta four will be like, just like a poop revert, you know, like Apple just forgot how to like implement mail. Um, like you know, they'll yeah. release something. All of a sudden mail doesn't work. And I have to download a third party mail program for a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, so far so good. Yeah. A couple notable things. Uh, as uh, Warren mentioned, wallpapers. I'm going to talk too much about that right now. Uh, backups over LTE. You now can do. Uh, you, you can back up your device over an LTE cellular connection with the data. You could do that before. But no, uh, maybe they, they're now introduced the support for 5G. They didn't have that before. Okay. Uh, so depending on your carrier, of course, and mm -hmm. your plan, um, the Apple Cash and the Apple Card um, send and request interface has been changed. Uh, so yeah, that's always going to be changed. One thing I like here is the fact that screenshots now have a save to Quick Note option. When saving a screenshot, uh, which joins the save to photos and save to files and delete screenshot op option. So those of us who take lots of screenshots, which I know we all do, um, I think is uh, a nice notable thing that was added there. Uh, the uh, 
Watch OS nine. You see? Do you have? You know, did you see anything? Uh, we're in beta two of that. I don't know. Again, Watch OS doesn't seem to have a, t- a lot of too exciting things. Uh, the only thing, I, and I mentioned it in Facebook, was um, we were talking about the water ejection. So okay. for for seven iOSs or Watch OSs, you mm-hmm. ejected the water by spinning the crown. All of a sudden, now you got to hold down a button. The spinning crown doesn't do anything. So um, try it uh, if you have the beta. But uh, it's, <laughs> I went swimming. Uh, I put in wonder mode, and I'm like standing there. I'm spinning my watch, and my watch is not doing anything. I'm like, oh, great. You know, the beta, you know, locked my watch up. Mm-hmm. I actually read the screen because the graphic is exactly the same as, as it is uh, before. And it said, hold down. It's either a crown or the other button for five seconds to eject the water. I'm like, Okay. Well, that's I mean, weird. Literally, that's the only change I've seen since I uh, watch OS probably mm-hmm. six. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, one thing I, I did see that, that, that they mentioned uh, in uh, watch OS nine for this, those of you who still have the series four and series five is it's going to, it will recalibrate the maximum battery capacity um, with this. They, they did mention that that was found um, according to the release notes in watch OS nine. It will, it'll result in a more accurate estimate for maximum battery capacity on those two older model watches. Um, so that's good to see. That's uh, good. And um, the uh, uh, iOS, uh, uh, Apple did confirm that iPad will no longer be supported as a home hub in iOS 16, which is kind of sad. I don't, did you ever use it as a home hub, uh, uh, your iPad, uh, uh, Jeff? Um, experimentally. Okay. And what what I found was that uh, it, it was very limited because mm-hmm. you can't have as many devices and uh, uh, and it didn't handle uh, remote stuff correctly and uh, it, so it always it felt good. to me like uh, like iPad as a uh, HomeKit bridge was a uh, uh, I guess a temporary feature that was there to give people that wanted to get into home kit, but didn't already have an Apple TV mm. an easy way to get into the ecosystem. Right. And, you know, because if you want to get adoption and you use the Netflix philosophy, you need to be everywhere. So give people the, mm. the, the bridge functionality built into an iPad and now you have uh, more options. So the fact that it's going away now, um, is fine, I think. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I thought it had already gone away. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear too much about it. Uh, so, uh, but uh, then that, well, there's other means of being able to manage your home. Um, one uh, one thing uh, one thing uh, also was noted as on iOS 16 as well as macOS Ventura uh, that it combating email spoofing with support for verified brand logos in the Mail app. Uh, both iOS 16 and Mac OS Ventura will add support for these brand indicators, which is like a message identification or BIMI standard in the mail app, helping users easily uh, verify authenticated emails uh, sent by brands displaying uh, the brand's logo along with the email's header. Um, I have a link of show notes here on Mac, Mac rumors here, the example of a chase bank um, showing their logo and uh, seeing whether or not it's, it's certified or not. It actually says in the header, they're digitally certified. So we're really starting to see some pretty good enhancements with the mail app long overdue. Uh, uh, don't you think Andrew, this is long overdue uh, with improving it on and mail. Yeah, I, I personally, I wasn't really too impressed with the mail updates that they announced. These just nope. seems like these are basic features that Apple's kind of catching up towards. Or I said long over but, mm-hmm. um, I was interested in the kind of the new search capabilities that they showed off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is, there's still some improvements. Yep. Um, did you have anything to add, Warren? Uh, I mean, if the mail, if the verified logo thing, I mean, that's something I've never seen before. So if Apple is doing this and spearheading this and it works and and it works and the, and the word gets out, this will actually help, you know, especially elderly people with spoofing and, and phishing because that's something easy for people to learn 
and teach somebody rather right now as IT people, what do we have to do? We have to say open up the from address, you mm-hmm. know, click on that and look at the actual email address and, and, and does it say, you know, from chase.com or does it say from chase blah blah blah.com, whatever. But if this works, this is a game changer for for that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, for 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 uh for scammers uh, and targeting. I think yeah, absolutely. Well, this works, Warren, if the companies actually go through the process to uh, to have the specific graphics they're using in these situations tagged so that uh, uh, they show up as legit. But yeah, but banks, you know, financial institutions, definitely, if they, mm-hmm. I mean, if they see the value in customers knowing that the email is definitely them and if you know a bank if you know if an elderly person goes into wells fargo and says i got this email and i don't know if it's true and down you know five years from now three years from now wells fargo said if it doesn't have this logo on that phone on your email then don't open it and it's not from us Mm -hmm. that would be that's 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 the goal right to stop Mm -hmm. that kind of thing i mean you just got to worry about whether you know this is just going to be used for like marketing you know like nike and things like that but you know but the real the real value would be to prevent people from opening emails that are spooked you know um using it for marketing at least initially might not be a bad thing because marketing is a great way to raise visibility and awareness about this so that as more banks and uh and other uh you know, financial institution, healthcare systems get on board. People are already familiar with uh, with these alerts. No, honey, that's not the Playboy logo you're looking at. I don't know why I got that email. <laughs> that's right. A <laughs> uh, couple other things on that that are of note uh, that uh, that we're finding in iOS 16. Apple's junk ma- uh, message reporting now covers SMS for select U.S. carriers in iOS 16. Uh, it's a built-in report junk feature. The messages app is now covering SMS and MMS messages, allowing spam messages to be reported to select carriers in the U.S. Let's see what carriers do this. There's no note of as far as who is going to do that, but that would, oh my gosh, that would be so much better. I'm so sick of these gosh darn spammers hitting, sending these uh, messages to my phone. I don't know about you guys. Oof, it's, been, it's been bad lately. I swiped on one of my my message threads and I said, do you want to mark it as as junk or spam? And I got confused. Is this maybe? This is it. This is it. Okay. So So, so Timo must have it. So, yeah, but I did it on a a message that I just wanted to delete and not report. So now I don't know if they're kind of, anyways. Is there a way to undo it? (laughs) No, no way to undo it. At least that's not mentioned anyway. And then uh, last thing, I know we were pretty excited about this new this new uh, thing they added in the me- in messages that you're able to be able to edit messages and uh, unsend messages in iMessage. Uh, but it was originally they were saying it was gonna, it wasn't going to be back- backwards compatible. But I, actually, it's going to be. It's now you're going to allow you. You're going to what's going to end up happening is someone who doesn't have iOS 16 uh, will receive a new version of the message labeled as edited for. Mm. Um, so so you can edit it, but. An old version obviously isn't going to remove what you changed, but uh, but we'll know that as we all know, adoption rate on iOS is pretty pretty high as it is when it comes mm-hmm. out. So I don't think we have to worry. Um, uh, well, Dave, the other place this becomes really useful is if you send a message to uh, to someone on an Android phone and then edit your message, they'll see that you have an edit as well. Okay, so that's good. Good things. Yeah, yeah. Good so it's really good. So uh, moving on to on other topics, well, actually, actually, we're going to stay on on iOS 16 a little bit here. Andrew had some great articles and uh, he's written up for the last couple of weeks, and I thought well, this would be great, a great opportunity with you being on the show here to highlight some of the great things you've talked about over over there at Apple Insider. Yeah. Uh, and um, the first one was is about iOS 16. You wrote a, a really cool article about uh, the six features that users won't see in iOS 16 this fall. What 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 uh, what inspired you to write this one, and then what 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 did you t- get out of it? I know I know there's there are some things, especially pay later, which has been kind of debated, and others. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I think there are a lot of great features coming in these new updates, but 
There are some features that I kind of pointed out that we won't see at the right. uh, 16.0 launch. But I, I wanted to point out that I think this is good, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, for example, there's this new app that Apple is releasing called Freeform. It's their own take on a digital whiteboarding app. Um, they did say it's on in a beta version, but it's not even in the developer betas. No, so, so it's still internal, but I think that's good. Like that gives them more time to work on it, to, um, you know, iron out all those bugs and whatever. So. And uh, live activities, that, that that was another one that was uh, questionable. If that's, I knew that wasn't going to be coming out. And we already just talked about CarPlay with the dashboard, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, uh, live activities is cool. So that is going to be a new feature, um, part of the big upgrades for the home screen, mm-hmm. or, or sorry, the lock screen. And so live activities, it's going to be an API Apple is rolling out. Developers can tap into it, and it will let certain apps like um, sports apps, they can display this kind of special widget or notification on the lock screen that stays there. It's pinned, and you can see live updates of, for example, sports scores, uh, you know, in real time. So that's a pretty cool feature. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then um, share play in the game center. Uh, you've got to do that because you have all the gamers who love to watch uh, or people who like to watch uh, on Twitch, especially watching people play games. And these gamers make some serious money doing it too. I tell you, this oh, is, yeah. here, here's a good opportunity now in game using game center on, on, on an iPhone or an iPad uh, using share play. So you can share it. Yeah. I think gameplay has a lot of potential and share play is just the first step. Like you said, there are other platforms like Twitch. Apple is late in this aspect of the game. And so share play, like, you know, sharing your, what you're playing with on screen with other people. That's just the first step, I think. Yeah. I I think Apple's making a mistake on, uh, on not having share play when iOS 16 drops. Yeah, it's I mean, Apple has has never had a good reputation with gamers and uh, the gaming industry. And Apple keeps trying to tell both that uh, that they're very serious about gaming and and a good way, I think, to do that with iOS 16 would have been to make sure that SharePlane Game Center is available on launch day. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Warren? No, I'm looking at the article. Andrew wrote it's really good, uh, really good. Um, the um, you know the only thing I'll add is you know last last beta I bought as you all know I bought an iPad Pro because I was waiting for um, um, it was continuity. I think it was the, for the last time it was mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't get released until even after the OS came out, right? It wasn't, it took a while to come out even after the final release was out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I told myself this year I was going to not do that, but, you know, kind of looking over, there's but, not, but, 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 but <laughs> looking over, there's not a lot of things that, uh, right. So uh, the big thing for iOS is obviously, uh, and uh, is the, um, is the, um, for the uh, M1, uh, uh What's it called? Stage manager. Stage that's manager. It. Yeah. So I mean, that's a big thing for it. So I'm like, like you know, I'm I'm fighting with myself, obviously, whether to do it or not, because they actually released it on the first beta. Like, on the, the fight will win. No, Warren, I'm looking forward to hearing about your new iPad next week. <laughs> exactly. It's so bad, and it's going to be the kind of thing where I'll like play with it like once or twice. I'm like, yeah, this is really cool, and I'll never use it again. Kind of like what I did with the. To be honest with you, I do use continuity a lot, uh, even on my iPad Mini. I really like it, um, so yeah, I do it is, use it. It's awesome. I can't see myself using Stage Manager that much, to be honest with you, on an iPad. But get back to us when it's out, and you and we'll 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 compare notes. Yep. <laughs> um. Uh, the next story, you actually wrote this a couple uh, not about a couple days ago since we, as we record this. Uh, Apple's relationship with web app uh, with web apps will improve in 2023. 
um, the, the web push. That's always been a big thing going on with notifications from web apps. Uh, and even at the beginning of, as you said, at the beginning of iPhone's creation, Steve Jobs was against allowing third-party apps on the device. Boy, is it, boy have we come a long way since then, huh? <laughs> Yeah, so I in my article I did get a little bit into the history to try to give oh, readers, you know, a a like catching up to speed, right? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um Apple has done both positive things for web apps, like you know, Steve Jobs in the early days, iOS eight, as I pointed out, they pioneered HTML five. They really pushed that kind of in their effort to kill Adobe Flash, but yeah. it's still good for web apps, uh, right? Those days of Steve um, Jobs going all over, you'll never see Flash on any of our devices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was right. He was right. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's gone. Now it's yeah. right. Can I take us down a rabbit hole for a second? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Dur- during those battles, I was uh, on a podcast where there was someone from Adobe that was involved in the Flash uh, development for iOS, and mm. they were totally bagging on Apple mm. and saying, "I we've got this working right now. We've got this on our devices. <laughs> it works perfectly. We can't believe they won't let us do it." It's and uh, he's and, probably and, right. I mean, I think they could have got. I mean, I know for sure that they could have gotten Flash to work well on anything if they really continued it on. But well, know, they could have gotten it to work. Uh, but what ended up happening was I said, okay, if this is running as well as you say, I will sacrifice my iPhone right now. <laughs> you let me put your whatever flash you have for iOS on my iPhone and mm-hmm. and play with it. And then I will come on, on back on the podcast and I will tell people how awesome this is and show them firsthand how great this is. Mm-hmm. Let me put this on my iPhone. And you can prove that what you're saying is true. Mm, Crickets. Crickets. Yeah. Never. I mean, the subject was suddenly changed. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't didn't, even remember playing anything on Flash. I, I can't even remember. Play, they I'm were sure so we bad. Did, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure we did. I remember but, what, you know, what Andrew wrote about was the web apps. I remember before the App Store, that's all we had, right? So right, mm-hmm. yeah. we went into Safari and went to these websites that kind of like kind of did things. But. Um, there were a, f- a few that I kind of remember that were f- good, and most of it was junk. Um, and, and of course, Apple banning third-party browser engines, and there was that was always such a big complaint because you were stuck with Safari, and they would not if you had a browser, uh, being Chrome or Firefox or something else, the, it it always built on it was basically built on Safari, so you basically had Safari with something in the front end. Almost like a skin on Safari. A skin, right, yeah. It still is, isn't it? Like, kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that hasn't changed. It's still, I thought. It's all still WebKit. It's all based on Safari's back end, and it's just kind of a front end for it. Right. Um, So anything else that's that's notable we didn't cover uh, about web apps? I think this is, I I agree with you. There's there's a lot lot of things like web push and others uh, coming next year. It's going to continue to progress. Yeah, I think it's nice. That's yeah. a good step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one other one that was it was I thought was I, I saved it for here because uh, I thought I was very excited is the fact that apples could kill the captchas with private access oh, tokens. Please do it. <laughs> I, 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 when I saw you, wrote, I saw you wrote this, Andrew. I said, "This is yeah." I can't please. wait till this happens. Right, <laughs> the worst things in the world. I can't stand them. Yeah, it is good news. And so just to summarize, um, so Apple's working with a bunch of other companies, uh, including Google and Microsoft, to develop a standard to replace passwords with something that at least Mm -hmm. Apple calls pass keys. Mm -hmm. And it, it will just work with your biometric data, touch ID and face ID. Uh, there's one Apple engineer that said uh, it will be a lot faster for people to log in. Mm-hmm. And so this oh, will sure. work across platforms. And um, they say it could uh, kill the uh, the CAPTCHA. There is some kind of uh, background authentication mode that browsers do that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to do it anymore. Um, Apple just... 
or not only Apple, but other browser vendors, it, you know, it just works automatically. Yeah, no, this is, I, I like your, I like your diagrams you have on here, just showing how it works and um, giving good summary um, and then the private privacy pass protocol. And now with mm-hmm. pass keys coming, I think that's going to be even better with passwords. Uh, and then, yeah, that, definitely. I, you mentioned the, uh, the technologies like iCloud private relay, hide my email and app trap app tracking transparency added a huge, uh, Huge bonus to the to, to Apple's uh, users with uh, with privacy. That's for sure. But yeah, if those captures and the other one is those pictures that Google uses. Oh what I was going to yeah say <laughs> to Andrew and you guys is instead of doing all this invention of, of getting rid of captures, can't they just make the text legible and the pictures easier to like you know not miss yeah. like things I where's mean, the bicycles and then you look there, there's a, a a piece of the bicycle in one of those squares that you click right the capture yeah <laughs> the captures wouldn't be that bad but you literally can't read I, they, yeah they're oh yeah they're all squiggly <laughs> and, <laughs> i mean yeah. make them like human readable and, and maybe it won't be as bad but i consider myself sort of computer technical savvy and i still fail a few of them here and there so yeah we've been meaning to talk to you about yeah. that <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh so no great I, great stories I'm not a robot by the way yeah we kind of wonder sometimes uh <laughs> i'm kidding uh those are great stories andrew appreciate uh you, even you giving us some extra insights on that and oh, yeah, um, thanks yeah and uh we have called, I have a couple apps this week, and I, I kind of put Jeff on the spot here because I saw you uh, recommend this app to somebody on Twitter. I thought, how fitting! You could tell us about uh, uh, Linny Sketch uh, uh, oh, on, okay. on the iPad. See, the great thing was when you said you're putting me on the spot because I recommended something. I wasn't sure which app you're going to be talking about. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, some someone asked me on Twitter. Uh, what I'd recommend as a good drawing and sketching app for iPad with Apple Pencil, and uh, and I didn't have to think about it. My response was Linea Sketch, and um, and if if you are looking for an app, by the way, they don't they don't sponsor me in any way. This mm-hmm. is just me wanting the right app to to do what I need. Um, Linea Sketch is great because it, it's easy to use. Um, the the interface is pretty straightforward. They uh, y- you have basic things you need to be able to uh, to draw and sketch and, and create some pretty sophisticated art mm-hmm. without uh, uh, without having so many features that it becomes uh, confusing or frustrating. And they have a a companion app that you put on your Mac um if you're so inclined so that you can grab your linea content from your iPhone or iPad and just pull it directly over to your Mac and uh, and you can he- even have it import directly into say like Photoshop or Affinity Photo mm-hmm. and uh, and work with the the content natively in those other apps um so when when you see uh drawings that i've done that are obviously not on paper uh th- they're done in linea sketch and i don't even remember how much it costs and i don't care because whatever it costs it's worth it if it's it a is, subscription and you're like i don't like subscriptions shut up and give them your money it's free with in-app purchase you can buy uh, a monthly subscription for 99 cents that's a bargain uh, nine ninety nine if you want a yearly subscription, or you can just go full out and do a full time purchase for twenty nine ninety nine. Probably worth every penny. Oh my god, it it is worth absolutely every penny. I think you you've got me sold here. <laughs> it's uh, it's a wonderful app. I I really like it. And they do say it's offered for the iPhone as well. What, how would you utilize well, it on the your iPhone? iPhone? App is a limited version. Okay, and so so it has. Not not limited like we hobbled this and screw you, but like they get that it's a smaller uh, interface. You can't use an Apple Pencil with it. And so they've created a version that takes into account the limitations that you'll have when using it on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. So it's still a usable app, but I certainly wouldn't use it on my iPhone as my primary no. uh, drawing and sketching uh, interface that that's much better suited for for an ipad <laughs> yeah. and uh, 
you know, and and with uh, solid Apple Pencil support on the iPad Mini, I mean, you, you could even use it there. <laughs> and and then this is by the Icon Factory, which is a great company. Yeah. Um, yes, they they make uh, great stuff. They make great mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, thank you for doing that. Appreciate that. Oh, sure. And I thought I'd wrap up with this was actually a story in in Nine to Five Mac, but um, there is a new app that's out there that you can watch YouTube videos on your Apple Watch. Now, oh you can ask yourself, why would you want to watch know. a YouTube video on your Apple Watch? It's an app called WatchTube. Um, you know, obviously, the Apple Watch thought you do a lot of things, um, uh, but what it basically will do is it, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an Apple Watch-only app. So you install it, of course, on the, on the iPhone, and then it pushes right to the Apple Watch. Uh, but it does allow you to search for you uh, for videos and be able to uh, look at them on your Apple Watch, and it does work as is intended. I started playing with it, um, and sure. it's not very complicated. I know. Would you want to watch a, a, a YouTube video on a, on your watch? Yes, of course. I thought it'd be oh. cool. Yeah. Okay. It's, now, it's, now, it's Dick Tracy, right? You're looking at me like, oh yeah, Jeff, right? Okay. <laughs> Have you ever been working on something on your car, and then you're like, crap? How do I get at this one yeah, thing? How do pull, I get to this one thing so I can pop out the light bulb or whatever it is? Yeah. If you could just, if you could watch it on your watch right there. Yeah. I, and seriously, that was my first thought when I heard about this app was yeah. all the stupid videos that I need to to look at. And I'm trying to prop my iPhone up in some janky place in my car while I do the thing myself. And I could just have it on my wrist and be like, okay, I'm doing the thing and I'm watching it. I, I, yeah, I actually see value in this as crazy as that sounds. No, um, I, I know Warren, go ahead. You can give your opinion on this. I know you don't want to do it. Uh, Warren's opinion is probably don't fix your car yourself. Take it to, <laughs> take it to the dealer. Um, yeah, but my, my opinion is definitely not wanting to watch a, a YouTube video on my watch. I don't think, uh, first of all, you would need headphones, right? Because you can't. There's no speaker. I'm guessing. Yeah, there is. There's no speaker. I mean, no. <laughs> there's no speaker. Yeah, no yours watch. is filled with water. <laughs> That's there, right. There's, there's there's no there's no speaker on the watch that plays that that will do this. I don't think. I think it just makes beeps and bops. So oh no, ha- the speaker on on the Apple Watch is loud. Are you and, serious? It will play yeah. YouTube video. The the, the uh, totally. The yeah. ha, have you ever played with walkie talkie on an Apple Watch? Like, right. You know no, when Apple one, introduced that feature. Yeah, yeah, that feature no one uses once anymore. Once when Apple first introduced the feature, I played with it. Okay, <laughs> once. and it worked, and you're able to to talk to someone. Yeah, and you could hear what they were saying. So you're saying that you? So why can't I listen to a podcast from my watch? Which is what I really want to do. Uh that would be a software limitation. Right. Yeah, so, so I, you're saying I could watch a YouTube video through this app, and it because this app, watch app was designed to do it, right? But I, I totally, really do want to watch. I listen to a podcast through the speaker of my watch, and there's no way to do it. So that doesn't make sense. But go for it. Well, yeah, we need that, we need a podcast app. Apple making a uh, a decision to not let the podcast app play through the speaker. Okay. And guess what? This app is absolutely free. So, mm. what do you think, can Andrew? I, Before can I, I make uh, a podcast app that will play a podcast? <laughs> Does Overcast let you play it through the speaker? There, there is a there is a um, a, a Apple Watch only um, app. I forgot the name of it, but I've, I've recommended it before. But again, yeah, it's limitation to, to the way that the app was written. So I, with something like this, I would not be at all surprised somebody might be thinking about you know something like the podcast app if you want to want to use it. And you get the final word here. What what do you what do you, what do you what do you think of this app? Um, I would never. We, I don't think I would ever use it. I would never want to watch an Apple or in a video on my Apple Watch. But at the same time, I think it's like I've said this about everything tonight, I think, but I do think it's cool. I'm always impressed by the things that developers can turn our devices into. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, we've, we've brought this show to a close for this week and hope you enjoyed it. But uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at InTouchWithIOS.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. Support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You also can become a Patreon on Patreon by showing, going to the show's site, which is patreon.com slash in touch with iOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, and at our YouTube channel, which is at youtube.com slash DaveG65, where you can also watch past shows as, that we've recorded live as well as listen to past shows. You go to our uh, In Touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the articles and topics we discuss are flipped onto that magazine. The show the link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to our show in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where you, all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Um, Andrew Orr, thank you so much for being here. I had a what, what a blast, and I'm, I'm so glad you came on. And where, and where can people find you? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. So you can find me on Twitter. Um, my username is at Andrew or not. Um, and then some of my writing you can find now at AppleInsider.com, where I'm trying to I'm trying to get out all the deep thoughts I have about Apple. I got we have a, I have a link in the show notes to every article you've written so far at Apple Insider. So I'm really I'm really promoting you this week, Andrew. So thank you uh, very much. So so you can go back and read some of his great stuff. It was a long time you I saw you had written uh, something a long time ago, and then then it was then to the you just got the gig now. So you know, uh-huh. yeah, so it's good stuff. So uh, thanks for being here, uh, Jeff Gamet. Thank you as always for being here. We appreciate it. So where can people find you? Uh, well, thanks for having me back. Uh, it's always a blast. And yes. people can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Jgamut on both. YouTube.com slash Jgamut for my occasional videos. And um, uh, most Tuesdays on Mac Voices Live. And, um, and hold on. My Someone- office manager is trying to help. I think your office manager opened a whiteboard and threw me off here. <laughs> that, that, that. <laughs> I'm playing. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm sure my cat was uh, involved in part of that as well. Um, anyhow, um, what did she do? Like, I, I I have literally lost all the controls in, in the Zoom window. Uh, <laughs> I got rid of it. It's, thank you. Um, and all my controls are back. Anyhow, so, yeah. <laughs> Um, big show on Thursdays, Mac show on Fridays, here with you on most Thursdays, and uh, The Context Machine with Brian Traffic. Yes. Go listen to Context Machine. It's always a blast to listen to that one. Uh, and then uh, Warren Sklar, thank you for being here. Where can people find you? My office manager fell asleep on the job. <laughs> yeah, mine was trying to uh, to collaborate with well, Warren. She does charge you. Yeah, you <laughs> fell asleep on the job, didn't you, girl? Yeah, you did. She's so embarrassed. <laughs> You're so embarrassed. Um, here, mostly uh, where uh, you, you are, um, but not everywhere you guys are. So, um, with Dave on uh, Thursdays here, Tuesdays sometime with Chuck. Back to the future webpage uh, on Facebook. And um, yeah, thanks, uh, Andrew. It's good to see you. Yeah, we don't get to see you as much. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you. Jeff, All right. you know, I love you. I don't have to say it. I love you too, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of love here. And thank you for listening. We really appreciate it because uh, we hope you enjoy the show. And we'll talk again soon. Mm-hmm.